welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we are going to head over to the club for ladies night. And, you know, uh, I don't think I'll get in for free, but you know what? That's fine. And then we'll also, you know, go to the gas station and find like a little earring, I guess, uh, that we found on the ground. That's a little weird, but okay. Uh, but we're also going to try to figure out how we can get into our young 20 something body even though we're in like an older man's body and it's really weird. Anyway, though, besides all that, though, today, uh, on today's episode, we are going to be covering a little film, film from 2002 called The Hot Chick. Now, this movie is, I won't say it's near and dear to me or anything, but, you know, I couldn't just do this alone, though. All right. So I decided to bring some guests on with me today uh, to celebrate this this movie that, for all intents and purposes, sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But overall, I think it it's a fun film, if anything. So you know them for their bylines at Bloody Disgusting, respectively, but also for their uh, wildly popular podcast, Horror Queers, still under Bloody Disgusting, uh, where they dissect different horror movies through a queer lens and all of that have wonderful guests on uh but please welcome to my podcast joe lipsit and trace thurman hello guys how are you doing this evening doing well how are you and thanks for having us yeah oh, thank thanks you. so much yeah, thanks for that. Thanks. Yeah, we're on Zoom currently right now. You know, uh, we're international here. You know, we got Canada, we got Colorado, and we got Maryland. It's great. Um, so... uh, yes, the countries of Maryland and Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> no, the countries. They are kind of, I mean, really, honestly, I don't know. There you go. But we're international here, okay? Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I was had the lovely distinction and pleasure of being on your guys' podcast after literally emailing you and just saying, hey, can I be on your podcast? Uh, <laughs> so that was cool. But I definitely wanted you guys to come on, you know, because why not? And you actually, both of you decided... I was like, okay, here's here's what I'm covering, everybody. Like, here's the pending list that I'm going to do or whatever. And I said, just choose whatever you want. Or if you have something you want to suggest, great. And you guys chose the hot chick. So um, like that little meme, America, explain, explain, what is this? Um, so I just want to know, I guess you could either answer together or respectively or whatever. You know, why did you decide you wanted to come on for to do a hot chick episode? And I guess what is your respective histories with this film? Like, when did you see it? What did you think of it? All that kind of stuff. And yeah, just like your little respective histories with it. I'd love to hear about. Joe, do you have a history with this movie? I feel I like this do. is my doing. Oh, you no, do? Oh, no. I what? Do. No. Yeah. Oh my god. Go, 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 go. I want to hear your history. <laughs> okay. So the reason that we picked this as opposed to maybe picking a horror film, which is obviously what we're better known for, is that Trace and I find we often don't get a chance to talk about quote unquote other genres of film. So uh, something like this, where it's a slight, silly, vulgar, kind of offensive comedy that we both like, we thought, well, this is a choice opportunity to come on and talk about it. Now, as for my relationship to this, I saw this in theaters as I saw nearly every Rob Schneider comedy in theaters. Wait. As my dad and I actually had a longstanding tradition, basically in the mid to late 90s, that we would go and see all the raunchy gross out comedies. So we saw like uh, the animal. Did you see the animal? Saw the animal. <laughs> yeah. We went to all of the American Pie movies together, uh, road trip, all that kind of stuff. So like this was a tradition that my father and I had is if there was a dumb, raunchy comedy coming out, we went to see it. Father-son bonding in its best. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, mine, I don't think I saw this in theaters. This was like December of 02, but I remember seeing the posters for it because it has that iconic image of like, you know, Rob Schneider with the green face mask and like his nipples out. I definitely, I watched this like so many times though, once it hit DVD. I think my sister and I watched this at least once a month because it was just like, we could not stop laughing. Mm-hmm. But weirdly enough, in the relationship I had with my husband, this was the very first date we ever did was I went oh, over boy. to his apartment and we were infamously, my husband did not like me whenever we first met. I was a 21 year old, you know, really sloppy drunk all the time, whatever. Um, but when he, my husband realized that I liked movies too, and I was really into movies, he kind of like let his guard down a bit. So the first time I ever went over to his place and we had like a little date, um, he was like, well, you want to watch? And he gave me all these options. And I was like, the hot chick. And he was like, I was hoping you would pick the hot chick. <laughs> romance <laughs> that is such romance though <laughs> like i love that for you guys i think he did mention uh check out last week's episode where ari guested about sister act two but yeah mm-hmm. no i uh <laughs> i think he did mention that at one point i was like oh that's so adorable for you guys <laughs> good for you yeah I- but, but I, to piggyback on what Joe said, yeah, I just like we we never like get invited to talk about non horror movies. So whenever we get the chance, it's like, yeah, let's talk about like a straight up comedy. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. And that's so cool. And I, and again, that's the kind of freedom I get to have with my pod, at least, where, I mean, of course, I have a bit of a horror slant. I mean, I did your guys' like October watch list stuff and whatever, because why not? You know, I want to feel included. But, um, you know, but uh, but if anything, I literally did your guys' and another one's, and I was watching two a day, and that was a lot. But anyway... Ooh, it was a lot. I was watching, I would get home and then I would have to watch two movies and I was like, I'm doing this to myself, but it's fine. <laughs> but y'all had some good choices. Y'all had some good categories. So it was good. But uh, yeah, <laughs> well, no, I, I think, yeah, of course. But um, anyway, yeah, my my history with this. So um, as I've, I think I mentioned on the episode we did on your guys' show, you know, I'm a 92 baby. So, you know, I'm a little bit younger. Uh, so I was literally... 10 when this came out i guess um so i definitely saw this on dvd um but as joe said i mean like i definitely um obviously i couldn't see the raunchy comedies like you know in the theaters obviously but i will say that there was definitely the watching of like this movie and like i saw sorority boys when i was like young oh my god like, yes that, oh my god movie and this movie are kin I'm oh my god yes yeah. holy shit like i yes. will i will say too so sorority boys i mean like not to diverge too much but that was a movie That's where fine. um it's like we didn't have like you know like the, the, the movie channels growing up so we didn't have hbo yeah, yeah. or whatever but um i remember being at my grandma's house and like it, it, she had it was either hbo or showtime but it, it, it shouldn't have it so you know you would go to the channel on like the old school tvs and it would just be like these like blurry like green and purple lines but you could yes. still hear everything that was going on on the channel so oh i God, trace i love that you're saying oh that's how i watch sorority boys and i'm like yeah that's how i watched porn <laughs> exactly right okay. we definitely did not have any porn channels but yeah no i watched all of sorority watch quote unquote all of sorority boys by just listening to it oh, <laughs> oh my no. god no, yes. how do you oh. even envision the dildo fight scene it is wild i will say too i rewatched that movie uh a year maybe two years ago it's not good but it no. still made me laugh yes that it's and not white good chicks and- oh god white chicks is, is brilliant <laughs> I mean, honestly, really, truly. I mean, no, but literally, like, it was that hot chick. It was that. It was um, sorority boys, white chicks. Not another teen movie. If you could catch it mm. at one a.m. on um, you know, Comedy Central, where it was uncensored, that was yeah, cool. Right. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah. 
is yeah. amazing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's what I was. And then I also went on to like watch Drawn Together on, you know, Comedy Central and stuff. Oh, yes. oh I love Mason Drawn Together. Oh, it's so <laughs> good. God, it was so good. Again, uh, these all all of those movies live in like the same neighborhood. I feel mm-hmm. like little bit yeah but yeah that's my respective history of it i mean really and also uh a little tangent not really but like if you want to uh, actually listen to uh, a fun episode about sorority boys weirdly enough uh go check out uh this ends at prom they did an episode about sorority boys because even though it's a kind of not great movie uh harmony uh from that show actually kind of likes that and has some interesting uh viewpoints about it being a trans woman herself so i, I think that was very interesting i believe i i believe she likes this one too oh yeah i could get it i would love to hear their little episode on it too that would be I want to hear what people have to say about this, especially with just, and we can get a little bit into it. Again, we are three gay, white, cis men. So, you know, but of course we can definitely kind of read into what the queerness of this and even the transness of it in a way, because it's, I think it's there, whether it's, mm-hmm. I think, unintentional, I think it's unintentional a little bit, but I feel like it's there. So, but we'll do that later on in the conversation. <laughs> but uh, that's my respective history with it. And thank you for sharing yours as well, of course. But as we normally do on the show, you know, we're going to go through some of the production history of the movie, talk about the cast and crew, things like that, all that good stuff. And then again, we're just going to have a nice, fun, free flowing conversation. Uh, without further ado, let's move into that. So, in particular, this movie, The Hot Chick, uh, was released December 13th of 2002. So it is celebrating, as of your hearing it today, its 21st birthday. So it gets to go out and have shots later, I guess, which is cool. <laughs> um, so it's about a 104 minute runtime. So really, it's like a little over 90 minutes without credits, I guess, which is cool. Um, and it was a go ahead, Trace. I was just, I, I was surprised, though, because like the runtime on mine was like an hour 45. And I was like, that seems I, this seems like it should be an 88 minute movie, but I will oh, say yes. like, too. this flies by for me. I actually don't mind the runtime at all. <laughs> True. True. Um, we have the distributor as Buena Vista Pictures distribution, I guess also maybe Touchstone too. So this technically is a Disney movie, which is, yeah, it is. It is very interesting and it says oh a God, lot. Jessica is a Disney princess. <laughs> it kind of is. I mean, truly. Um, and then $34 million budget that we're looking at um, with the which. Just- wild well, I, I know i i, I have hell? to believe a large chunk of that was rob schneider like he wasn't jim carrey oh, levels yeah. but i wonder if he was getting big paydays for these movies oh probably, probably. Mm-hmm. well and also too just like the beginning part like the the opening sequence i was like there was some production put into that um, like what the i'm hell? no i'm fairly certain the opening of this movie was just like the set design was just lifted from the opening of wishmaster i mean oh probably but it's got you know. universal studios backlot some piece of shit movie <laughs> that they were just like put in a phone <laughs> this and we're good to shoot oh my god and then they went yeah. to party city to get the costumes for the women yeah you know indeed. what though it's fine <laughs> yes it is and fine it- <laughs> this movie this movie does not think it's a genius. Co- I mean, it thinks it's no. funny. It thinks it's stupid, yes. but it doesn't think it's high art at all. I appreciate that about it, though, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so opening weekend ranking gross for this. It came at number four, uh, made about $2,598,364. So that was its opening. Um, good. Domestically, it made about $35 million. Um, $81,594, so domestically. And then internationally, it made 
$59 um, for wherever it went internationally, I guess. I'm an idiot. Does domestic gross also include Canada? Yes. It does. Yes. Okay, cool. And then also worldwide gross. So that means it made about $54,639,553. So in all intents and purposes, this wasn't a total flop, but it's not like it was gangbusters either. You know? I think it must have done like really well on like video rental services. I'm mm-hmm. um, sorry, I think services. So, like at Blockbuster and like local mom and pop shots, because I feel like I remember every everyone my age was talking about this movie whenever it came out. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, in yeah. 2002, right? That is the prime era of DVD oh, rentals yeah. and sales. Like, I can't recall if this had an unrated version. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to no, talk no. about the fact that there is an R cut that they cut down to get a PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. But you have to assume that they would have been like, oh, uh, put in a couple of extra dick jokes and a fuck and let's get an unrated cut out there. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. They didn't. And I would have gladly watched that version, too. Oh, oh absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, so then uh, Rotten Tomatoes looking at 21% uh, with about 82 reviews on it from critics and then 59% uh, from the audiences for about 250,000 ratings of people who just have come through and rated it. So, you know, it seems to be at least a somewhat favorite against some audiences, I guess, which is cool. And then <laughs> no, I, I, almost everything you're saying about this movie is like this caveat was, I guess people like this movie. I guess <laughs> no, because... I didn't pick this movie. My <laughs> guests picked this movie. <laughs> no, it's literally just like it, because it is split, like reviewers, critics, I think hated, oh, critics hated this movie. Stupid. Mm-hmm. But, but they then always you have, did. They hated yeah. all of these kinds of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the dichotomy of the fact that like, it's a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, but then also it's a 59% of like audiences. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously some people liked it. I do promise. I do tend to like this movie. It's just not a super favorite of mine. That's you, all. You don't have to like this movie. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, again, there's certain things that work. Um, and we'll get into why this movie only works for me so much, but and it's a two point uh, five, uh, two and a half out of five on Letterboxd as yeah. well. See, like yeah. coming in rated around fifty percent makes sense to me. Yeah. I yeah. think you know um, we've talked a lot about aggregate scores on Rotten Tomatoes, and people always yeah. take it as oh, like you know, under thirty percent is like oh, this movie is an absolute piece of shit, and it's like no, it just means that a bunch of people would not recommend it. Right. But and that's the thing, right? Like 30% of those critics would still recommend this movie. So it's like, mm-hmm. unless it's a 0%, like you're not at the outlier. Right. Exactly. I mean, you're not fire Island that had Jonathan Bennett in it. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I mean, let's, let's be real here. Don't <laughs> Wait, watch it. I'm sorry. Was Jonathan Bennett in fire Island? Was there another fire Island movie? With yes. Jonathan there Bennett? was another fire Island. Oh, that was a horror oh. movie. And ah, Jonathan Bennett, that. Jonathan Bennett was in it. I don't know if he's credited or not. It was on Showtime. And it's kind of, but you know what's funny is that it's not the Fire Island that's like the Pride and Prejudice one with like, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was referring one. to. Not that. Um, one. I'm sorry, oh, Joe. God. This Fire Island, by the way, is a movie that came out this year. Oh, it did. No. Oh, oh, no. oh, and guess who the other male lead in it is? Oh no, Connor who? Paolo. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like you'll be disappointed, Joe, but go for it. Oh, Do I'm it. sure it'll be awful, but I mean, <laughs> hey, like now Trace and I can cover it because it's yeah. not Jonathan Bennett. In. Hell yes. Now I'm really do. curious about this. <laughs> also, well, there you go. For the, for the record, Connor Paolo got hot, so like, I, I guess I'll watch him in a bunch of things now. He was always hot, even in Gossip Girl. Oh, oh good things and you do it's a different oh yeah that's thing. true that's true. yeah well you know listen um anyway so yeah but that's that's what we're looking at for this um and again i promise i do i do 
somewhat like this movie. It's it's cool. Um, <laughs> and again, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, anyway, so when we're looking at the cast and crew of this film, we have kind of a it's a little bit all over the place with you know who's in it. I guess really um, because you have Tom Brady. I thought he was a football player, but I guess he also directs movies. Can you Obviously, imagine that if it was one joke. and the same? How hilarious you would that have been? That would have been great, actually. And it would make total sense, probably. Really. Let's be real. <laughs> um, but no, this this guy, Tom Brady, he is, if you want, if you look at his IMDb profile, he is one of those directors that thinks super highly of himself because you know he wrote his own IMDb biography. I don't like, know. No, <laughs> no, if you look at it, it's just like all these things. This guy apparently went to Harvard at one point. Um, I guess he literally graduated from it. He talks about how he had all these different jobs. Uh it well, it's because he got yeah. a BA in English. And what do you yeah. do with a BA in English? <laughs> um a teacher, you that's write. True. <laughs> that's yeah. true. You write your own IMDB biography. If you want to mm-hmm. enjoy it, yeah, enjoy yourself by uh by just it's a trip. It's really funny, actually. <laughs> but um, he is the guy who wrote this film with Rob Schneider. But he also wrote The Animal, again, which I think he also yeah. wrote with Rob Schneider. Mm-hmm. Um, the Critic, uh, which I guess he worked on some of the show, The Critic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also worked on some of The Simpsons episodes, too. So that's what we're... So actually, when I really think about it, if he is also directing some of these episodes of like The Critic of The Simpsons... It makes sense that we would get the hot chick. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that kind of. I mean, you're forgetting his other amazing directorial efforts. Um, the football comedy, The Comebacks, and er, Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, this is a Happy Madison connection. Yeah, right? it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's Tom Brady for that. Um, again, he and Rob Schneider both wrote this. Um, so, of course, they, I believe, wrote um, The Animal Together, and they also did Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo uh, as uh, well, which I'm also sure. That's for sure. I feel because like, I know Rob Schneider was a SNL person, but like I feel like Deuce Bigelow is what shot him to like fame, right? Yeah. Like right? people knew who so. he was, but that was like, oh, that's the funny movie. It mm-hmm. was his first standalone, I think, that he got. Yeah. So yeah, the that's the director, that's the writer, all of this. Um, our composer, <laughs> I was talking off mic with Trace about it. <laughs> so John Debney did the music for this. Now, in my little list, I have he's the guy who composed Hocus Pocus, The Princess Diaries, Dick with Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams, Heartbreakers, which is another uh, Trace's favorite. I it's love Heartbreakers. Joe Joe loves Heartbreakers too. <laughs> yes, it's a good one. It's a good one. Jennifer Love Hewitt's there. Gordy Weaver's there. It's great. Uh, and then also Elf. But again, <laughs> uh, Trace, please repeat what you said earlier about that. He also scored the, um, the, the one of the best parts of the movie, um, the score for I Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> yes, he did. Wild. <laughs> but we've yeah. discovered this, right? Like horror and comedy shares a lot of people. I so. And I think particularly composers. So, yeah. Uh, composers totally. and editors, I feel like. Right. Yeah for sure and then our cinematographer is tim sure sir Stett, i believe his name is i'm horrible with some last names depending on how complicated they are but <laughs> he has had a prolific kind of cinematography career he actually started fun fact he started he's a baltimore boy so i love that so there's that but also he started his cinematography career by doing mark rossman's the house on sorority row actually he was a cinematographer Ooh. for that he also shot critters oh my god he, did. he shot critters <laughs> uh he did don't tell mom the babysitter's dead uh, 
uh, favorite. Uh, that's a classic. Mm. Oh, so good. The Wedding Singer, aka one of the best rom coms of all time. <laughs> also happy and like him. legitimate, not even with the caveat. If you don't like Adam Sandler, blah blah blah. It's like yeah. probably his best known serious performance. Well, one of them. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah. Y- 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 Yes, <laughs> it doesn't have like the whole like, oh, for an Adam Sandler movie, it's pretty yeah, good. It's just a exactly. genuinely good movie. <laughs> right, right. Uh, office Space, Mike Judge's Office Space. He also um, shot that. And he also shot my love of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as well. So, oh. uh, God, yeah, love them. Uh, so then also uh, editor for this movie is Peck Pryor. Um, he actually edited I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Ah, so there we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but he also uh, did Uncle Buck as well with, um, is that John Candy? I think it was. It is. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just have in my notes, bad parody movies because he uh, edited oh, like, no. yeah, Vampire Sucks, Disaster Movie, Insert Adjective Here Movie. Let's not hold this against him, shall we? Let's not. You need a check. I get it. But, <laughs> you know, that's what he did. <laughs> but I'm just saying those are like the notable people that I have, at least right now. Of course, there's all sorts of other crew members that are a part of this. And we can also talk a little bit about just Happy Madison in general once we get through the cast as well, because, you know, Happy Madison is crazy. <laughs> and they have uh, output that is sometimes good and sometimes real bad. But, uh, sure. you know, yeah, <laughs> but uh, our our main actor in this movie who, you know, he's on all the posters pretty much and everything is Rob Schneider, who is certifiable a piece of shit now apparently uh yeah why is he a piece of shit again enlighten me tell me he's very anti-vax so during the pandemic there's a lot of that stuff going on um i think that's honestly the bulk of it but like he's very 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 vocal um he also switched from the democratic party to the republican party at some point in the early 2010s Oh no, it's like the PJ Souls of it all. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, God. It's very upsetting. Um, yeah, no, so he's trash. But I will say, if anything, I think that's partly kind of my hesitation with this movie a little bit, is like there's parts that he's like good in, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay. This movie that I'm like, okay, cool. And then there's parts where I'm just like, oh, why are we doing that? Oh, oh dear, oh dear. Um, but I feel like that's an encapsulation of this entire film, though. Like some of these (laughs) things are so funny, and then other things are just like, I'm cringing, I'm dying inside. And and it's interesting too, because I I, to see how some of this stuff would have played in 2002 versus today, I will say I totally I probably haven't watched this in about five years, but like I was a little worried to go back and be like, okay, like how is how this offensive is it? Yeah, no, completely. Truthfully, it, there's a lot of offensive stuff in this movie, but I also like it was offensive back then. Let's be real. Like yeah. we laughed at it. We implicitly acknowledged that it was misogynistic and racist. And racist. All mm-hmm. It's just yeah. that we were, I think, more tolerant of it. Whereas nowadays you would get called out to the point that you probably Absolutely. just wouldn't write some of these jokes. But at the same time, though, I didn't find this as offensive as I was expecting it to be on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's because I, I do think the movie has a big goofy heart on it. Um, Mm-hmm. which helps kind of like counteract some of those more harsh edges. Agreed. Yeah. But before we get into all of that, we got to finish the cast though, but right. I totally agree though. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I would like to admit that I sometimes get uh, this gentleman, Rob Schneider and Polly Shore mixed up every so often. Oh. <laughs> 
sometimes <laughs> depending. So there's that, but also my actual facial blindness I had that I, I don't actually have, but I had for this guy. I legit thought Mark Weber, you know who he is? Mm-mm. He's the lead in Snow Day. Um, you ever see that movie? <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> okay. So he was the lead in that. He was in Green Room. Uh, he was one of the Nazi guys in Green oh, Room. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, oh, he's also, uh, he's in Scott Pilgrim. Yes. So I thought him and shout out Joe Canada. I thought him and Brendan Fletcher were legitimately the same person for a embarrassingly long time. Y'all know who Brendan mm. Fletcher is? He's he's the guy in Freddy versus Jason, right? Yes, and also the yeah. Ginger Snap sequels. Yeah, I'm looking, okay. I'm looking, I'm looking at Weber right now, and I'm like, oh, that looks like that guy from Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> Legitimately, that was my facial blindness. So thank God, I was like, oh yeah, because I really, I don't know if I ever told anybody or whatever. I'm like, did you know the guy who was in like this movie, the Freddy versus Jason, was in also in Snow Day, and they would have been like, Jesse, oh, no. idiot, like what? <laughs> no, but I don't think I ever said that to anybody. But I thought it for a while. <laughs> because you know that's me anyway but yeah so i don't know thank god you guys look different otherwise i would just be calling you each other's names really at this point people I mean, always people think do we're it the all opposite. the time yeah but people <laughs> always think we're the opposite though people think that i'm like when they see like on our our logo for our podcast people think that i'm joe and joe is me mm-hmm. i mean hey also you have that like cute little like blue guy in the background who's like you know, in the closet so that's fun well that's the killer from knife plus heart <laughs> oh was it i always wonder yeah. what that was yeah. yeah super cute loved it mm-hmm. but yeah so that's rob schneider i mean one of the mvps of this film that i think she's not in it much yeah. however she makes an impression is rachel fucking mcadams mm-hmm. canada shout out mm-hmm. and literally i love how it's introducing rachel mcadams at the end yeah it's crazy. It, she, yeah, go ahead. I mean, what? Because the notebook is what the next year. It's two thousand three, right? Yeah, yeah. She, she and she. Re- I wish she did more movies. That's like uh, game night was what twenty eighteen. Like I wish mm-hmm. she did more wacky comedies like this because mm-hmm. she's such oh, a I comedic do. talent. I agree. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I think so- a lot of this movie works because it does have a very strong physical comedy element, and mm-hmm. a lot of Rachel McAdams' performance is just using her body in a very unorthodox way right because of course she's meant to be more mannish and just watching her stomp around is so so funny to me (laughs) she like moves her her, she carries her shoulders i will say like i think rachel mcadams does a better performance as like rob schneider's version than rob schneider does as her because rob schneider plays his role like more of a gay man than he does rachel mcadams's character (laughs) oh completely yeah Totally. Um, I mean, yeah, she was in like a little Canadian movie before this and like a little independent movie. So they probably weren't even paying attention to that. They were just like introducing. And then literally <laughs> the next year, like she was literally in two of like arguably the biggest movies of that year. Uh, like pretty much like it was literally Mean Girls and Notebook. Those weren't anything to sneeze at at that time. So it's <laughs> like, you know, she, she had a good 2004 man and she still had a good and she's also like, listen, I have a bag and I'm going to choose roles that I want, like being the mom and there are you Gary got it to me, Margaret. Like, that's great. I love mm-hmm. that. Her. Shit. I mean, yeah. So her 2004 is Mean Girls in the Notebook. And then her 2005 is Wedding Crashers, Red Eye and the Family Stone. That's true. Yeah. All Jeez. of which different things. People really like Red Eye, especially in the horror community. I don't know if everyone loves the Family Stone. It kind of depends. But I was yeah. going to say that one is the divisive one. <laughs> Joe, you, you still haven't seen Family Stone, have you, Joe? I have not. I have just heard everything about it. I, uh, I kind of want to watch that with you just to see how you react to it, because I have no idea if you're going to like it or, or hate it. <laughs> yeah, true. 
True, true, true. Uh, anyway, so uh, then, I mean, again, she's the MVP of the movie, but this girl is also the MVP of this movie. And also, it's no secret that you two love her as well. And I also co-sign on that too, is Miss Anna Ferris, Sydney the oh, TV's mm-hmm. leaking. I mean, I, you know. She, she almost runs away with this movie. No, she, she fully does. fucking does. She's this like, movie doesn't she work really if she's does. not in it. Oh, completely. Like, oh my God. And like, literally, it was like, obviously, I've never seen Love with Lane, so I don't really know. But like, it, it was like, scary movie. May, I kind of count because also she was in that. Mm-hmm. But like, again, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of people knew her from this and scary movie. Because again, I don't think everyone watched May. So that's just me. Except I was when I was a kid. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, totally. I, God, she's so good in this movie. And it makes me hate Chris Pratt that much more. So, mm, yeah. Well, at least she's out of that trap. There we go. Yeah. There you go. She got <laughs> away. She's, she's thriving. It's like Katie Holmes or something. Oh, it's great. Love it. For her <laughs> podcast is also very funny. It is. And oh, she does. Really? She has like really candid interviews with her guests, too. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Like, I really want to watch Mom. I feel like Trace Mom, I feel like, is a show you've watched. So like, mm-hmm. I, I I definitely watched all eight seasons of Mom. Uh, yeah. Mom is it's, it's interesting because Anna Ferris plays the straight woman in that show. Right. It's Allison Janney, who's the wacky one, right? Yeah. But I will mm-hmm. say, though, like as people who wrote off that show, it's just like a silly Chuck Lorre CBS laugh track sitcom, which it mm-hmm. is that after like the second season like they get rid of Anna Ferris's kids like they ship them off to like the dad and it becomes just about her Alice and Janney her mom and their their Alcoholics Anonymous support group of women so it's like it becomes a show about older like middle-aged women and older women um but it's really there's a lot of nuanced stuff in there that is like really serious and funny um so I would recommend checking out mom just get past that first season or two yeah sure that's fair that's very fair uh but yeah anna ferris amazing she is april in this movie love it um, april <laughs> april <laughs> matthew lawrence is in this movie he is uh he's he so three- cute in this he's movie so god he has he's nothing so to do and he only does what's asked of him but yep. as the love interest who just needs to be hot a plus yeah a plus i i do like matt lawrence he is somebody who he gives me like uh undercover religious vibes a little bit, oh, but sure. yeah, no, totally. He gives me that Melissa Joan Hart a little bit where I feel like I don't think he hates the gays, right? He but just like, probably doesn't love us either. Wait, did, did he was he, didn't he have a show with Melissa Joan Hart? Or was that one of the other yeah. Lawrence brothers? No, it's one of the other Lawrence brothers. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, oh right. But he does it's Melissa and Joey Lawrence. But oh, yeah. Matthew Lawrence did guest star on it for four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We'll take it. They got a they got a podcast that's run by Christy Carlson Romano. It's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah, so you know. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> they do. Anyway, but uh yeah, he gives you those types of vibes. That's not a bad thing. Like I said, it's a Midlistian heart of it all. Like, I don't think she hates the gays, but like and I don't think she dislikes them. I'm just like, yeah, I just think she's like indifferent or anything. It's not the Candace Cameron, obviously. Thank mm-hmm. God. Yeah, like, like if we just, made this movie 10 years later, his role would have been played by Dave Franco. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it would have been rated R. There oh, we go. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, he's Mrs. Doubtfire, Boy Meets World, uh, all the things he did with his brothers, things like that. So that's what he is. What the hell is his name again? I don't even remember. Wow. Billy. Billy. Billy, I think. Billy. Yeah. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> God. Also, I Eric. I with you when I had the cheese. 
Oh my god, no. This is also right around that whole uh, Catholic Church thing. Jesus Lord. Anyway, so Eric Christian Olsen, um, who also is in Not Another Team movie, which I just think mm-hmm. is really funny with this. Mm-hmm. He was also Basically in playing Harbor. the same role, only. No, literally. <laughs> One is a, no. meant to be a parody. Yeah. No, literally, actually. Like, it's so, like, and he doesn't have much to do, but it's fine. I thought for mm-hmm. a minute he was the guy in the club that, like, they fight, but he wasn't. That was not him. <laughs> Also, Lulu is her character name, but my under, uh, I love her so much, is Alexandra Holden. Alexandra Holden, if you ever listen, I love you, and I hope you're okay. Okay, I'm not going to lie, because I, I know it's not Lindy Booth, because I always get her confused with Lindy Booth, who's the redhead Definitely and like, looks like her. Not but, her. Joe, do you know what we know her from? I mean, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry for her and I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. All of she, these movies are great. She's the anorexic girl in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah who who are you is in my notes. <laughs> who, are who are you? you? <laughs> yeah. She's also in How to Deal. She's in Dead End. She is in Sugar and Spice. Uh, she was on no. Friends. Alex Ginger Holden, I love you. I hope you're doing okay. Wonderful. Great. Uh, you know, again, not much to do, but she is notable in this, especially if anybody liked Drop Dead Gorgeous movie, they saw this movie, they were like, oh, I know her. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also, we got we to gotta get it up for the man, the myth, the legend that is Robert Davey, who, I mean, really, I think, I think this needs to be in, you know, some sort of, uh, yeah, it must be weird not having one come on you, you know? <laughs> Indeed. (laughs) It's so funny because my introduction to him was on Profiler. Like I was a very insulated child. I didn't leave my parents' house very often. So I had this like trifecta of like genre shows that I would watch either on ABC or NBC, depending on any given year. And he was like the boss on Profiler, which was one of those original like I'm really good at profiling serial killers. And then they try to murder me and my family every season show. And he's like <laughs> her battle scarred boss. And he was always so good. Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good actor. He plays uh, April's dad in this movie. I don't know who plays April's mom, but you know, uh, oh my God, that, sh- she's a secret MVP, by the way. <laughs> she is. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, that, no, Melora Harden is, um, is, um, Rachel McAdams mom. April's mom oh, is yes. the one who's like, look at April's soap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Layla Kienzi? No. Yes. Layla yeah. Kenzie. Uh, there we go. Yeah, that is her. Yeah. <laughs> you right, you right. Um, yeah, and then some other people as well. Like you said, Melora Hardin, she's uh, Jessica's mom. Um, so she's been in like the office, monk, transparent, things like that. Um, oh, um sorry, uh April's mom though, most famous. She's in like a, over a hundred episodes of Mad About You. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, We also have a throwaway slash not you would blink if you miss them uh, cameo by the Maori sisters. Great. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Okay, but like like Ashley Simpson, Jenna Dewan, Michelle Branch. (laughs) Yes. Ashley Simpson, I called like right away because we at least get like we get lines from her, but I did not spot Jenna Dewan or uh, Michelle Branch. (laughs) She's one of the dancers in the club. She's uh, credited as Bianca Salsa Girl. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, that Bianco girl too. So speaking of the physical comedy, her getting tackled by those security guards is like a plus comedy. Yes, <laughs> I mean yes, yeah. Who else is there? Um, oh, and then Jody Long, of course. Um, she is most well known for some people. Uh, she's in this movie. I did think for a minute she was Rosalind Chow from Freaky Friday, but she is not. They're different mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, fine. Uh, but she is actually uh, the mom from the Margaret Cho sitcom All American Girl. So uh, that's what people would know her from. That was back in the day, day. Um, well, 
when we're talking about racism, I think this might be the most offensive character in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, bling bling. You forgot your bling bling. That's a pretty good line, though. I'm not going to lie. But it's, you know, it's, oh, God. Anyway. But yeah, so that's our our cast we got, you know. Um, Again, some heavy hitters in here. Like, I, I, there's some notes, I'm sure. But I do think, like, for this kind of movie, absolutely. Like, I think there's some heavy hitters in here, which I really do appreciate. But yeah, so in regards to any sort of production history, uh, I don't have much of that because I can't find much of it online. Uh, Basic idea you need to know is, they decided to make this movie this is like a part of a body swap movie thing going on yeah i mean like this movie like just joins that talk a little bit about body swap movies if we want to while i look up a little bit about happy madison do you guys have a favorite body swap movie by any chance that's not this i actually think mine is freaky friday specifically the lindsay lohan jamie lee curtis one like i've seen every version of freaky friday but that one to me is like yeah I i think that's probably my favorite one I mm-hmm. kind of co-sign on that too, Joe. Yeah, I'd probably say that one too, but I, I wonder how much of this is also we saw this at a specific point in our life. Like Freaky Friday was such a huge movie that it felt like it just dominated cultural conversation for a period of mm-hmm. time. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, because I remember yeah. like because they used to show the the Jodie Foster one on the Disney Channel a lot when I was growing up. And then in the late 90s, they had the it was the, it was the Disney Channel movie with mm-hmm. Gabby Hoffman and Shelley Long, which is really cute. But yes. ah man, that there's something about that, that Lindsay Lohan one. I just think it's the funniest out of all of them. It's mm-hmm. so funny. And I yeah, it's so funny. It's so good. I also give honorable mention to check it out on the show before, but Wish Upon a Star with Daniel Harris and Katherine Heigl. Oh. I do oh. like which speaking of have you seen that one Joe? I've not seen it, no. Oh my god. I mean it's it's a Disney Channel movie so like sure. mm-hmm. make of it what you will but yeah, but it's not um, a decom. No, 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 no. It wasn't it wasn't a correct. It was it one of those like wonderful world of Disney's ones that we did on every Saturday night on right. ABC. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. I haven't seen it in years, but it, it it's nice. It's very accessible. You can find it for free most places. So it's really easy to find. And it's really fun to see baby Danielle Harris and baby Catherine Heigl. Uh, it's pretty good. Because Catherine Heigl is like the princess, like older teenager teenage yes. daughter. But then Danielle Harris is like the goth punk one. Yeah, and then they switch bodies. It's a whole mm-hmm. thing. Uh, the <laughs> brother from Night of the Demons is uh, Catherine Heigl's boyfriend. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it was it was made by the um same guy who did that and also Phantom of the Megaplex on Disney Channel. But also, have you ever seen that uh Little Secrets or Little Lies with Evan Rachel Wood, if you know that movie? He also directed that. So hmm. yeah, Blair True, love him. Made some fun movies. Uh but yeah, so body swap. I mean, there's that. You don't have to check out it's a boy girl thing ever at all. Is that Kevin Zeggers? <laughs> yeah, it is Kevin Zeggers and Aww, that other chick. I love him. <laughs> I do too. And he was like in, was he in Frozen? He might've been in he that is. movie. Yep. Evan he, Zegers, he was absolutely in Frozen. Yes. He absolutely in Frozen. Love that. Sean Ashmore and that other chick. Also fun okay. little fact. If you didn't already know, you said Lindy Booth earlier. Did you mm-hmm. know that Rachel McAdams and Lindy Booth had worked together before this movie? Um, they were on the famous Joe Jackson together but <laughs> for an episode. Jesus, Rachel McAdams played a bulimic. Didn't he die? Anyway. 
he died he died of suicide unfortunately but yeah okay he did he did um again not to bring the room down it's just true it's real but you know uh but no that actually was a really cool show and it was really interesting it was made by a black person you know had a black lead in it really really cool kind of one of the first things that disney ever did with like that really and lindy and because i think it was shot in canada like everything probably yeah um you know that's why lindy booth is in it um you know but uh but yeah she uh but yeah marie mcgowan has played her bulimic sister that happened for a seat for an episode yep so it's just funny and then also lindy booth's in like cry underscore wolf and like um cry underscore wolf that's what i actually would love to revisit i haven't seen cry wolf since theaters (laughs) me neither yeah i have not fond memories of it but it's one of those things where (laughs) the curiosity factor is large i i just remember hating the ending because it's i mean spoiler but it's that april fool's day ending where it's like none of it's real and i hated it and so i wonder if i watch watch it again knowing that if i might like it more yeah sure like that hellraiser movie sure (laughs) wow okay um I guess were you not a fan of the remake that they made? Oh no, we 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 quite liked the remake. Um, we're talking of uh, really any of the uh, sequels past. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. Um, yeah, don't watch a boy girl thing. It's really bad. Um, Sharon Osbourne's there for some reason. I don't know why. The one person who I think is like kind of good at it is Emily Hampshire from Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. Again, Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just uh, mm, God Jesus. Anyway. And then also throw in Freaky there too a little bit. Love some Freaky. That's a body slot movie. I don't think it is a little bit. (laughs) It's like it's like it's an interesting thing because it's kind of like a little bit like the hot chick because it's a man and you know it's like a little grown man and a girl switching. There were a lot of comparisons to the hot chick. I think when that came out, Um, Um, mostly and that's what we're saying. Like, oh, what would this film look like if it was made today? And I definitely think that Freaky is less offensive than this movie. Um, Wow, completely. Yes. <laughs> it's also made for the horror crowds. There you go. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it just it jo- joins that pantheon of that. I don't have much to say about like Happy Madison. I don't know if you guys have any sort of thing to to shine on that. I mean, really, it just came from the fact that Adam Sandler was a celebrity. He made some movies. He decided to capitalize on the fact that he was popular and make movies centered around characters of his. So I will say this: Gilmore, when it comes Bill to Adam Bob. Sandler, I what his movie output is up and down mostly down a lot of times especially with these netflix movies he just like he's been he get, he's given millions of dollars to take right. a bunch of his friends on vacation and make a movie like when they happen to be on vacation i respect that i actually really like him as a person and i do think he's a really good actor because his dramatic work i think is excellent even How do like you think of his... him as mambuzo bongo guy in this movie <laughs> exactly oh, his think... uncredited role i i'm gonna imagine joe that this did not work for you but no it did i've had it funny every okay every every time (laughs) every so stupid that's what you can put your weed in there oh it's so good (laughs) but i will say i mean look i I watch a lot of adam sandler i haven't seen grown-ups or anything and i haven't seen like probably some of the worst of the worst but like back in this this heyday like Mm -hmm. i mean i think little nicky was like the death knell of like his movies because that's probably the worst of that chunk of things but when he puts heart in his movies and the two ones i'm thinking of specifically are the water boy um and the wedding singer i think it can make mm-hmm. it like really like elevate the material that's 50 fair first dates oh yeah 50 first dates is good i mm-hmm. and i will say for, for more recent ones like i actually do like the murder mystery movies like they're, they're like 
they're in inessential, like not very substantial like films, but they're fun to watch. And I, I think he has excellent chemistry with Jennifer Aniston, which I mm, never would have weird. expected before having seen that movie. <laughs> right. I will co-sign or rather I'm co-signing myself. I will recommend his new one that he made with his entire fucking family. I oh, are yeah. so not invited to my bat mitzvah. It's yep. very funny. Because his daughter is like the lead in that, right? It's both his daughters and his wife is in it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a family business, man. I, I'm not going to mad. I'm going to be mad at you for it. <laughs> but nevertheless, I mean, I love Happy Gilmore too. Happy Gilmore is great. But like, it's a thing where it's like, he he's not trying to make high art. He's trying to have fun with his friends and make money out of it. And you know what? <laughs> I kind of respect that. Sure. I do chase them. I, I can get it. Yeah. It's funny because like this and um, this and the house bunny are not the same. Obviously, I actually think the house bunny but... and Sydney White are actually a little bit more similar. Oh, but, um, oh, mm-hmm, but but mm-hmm. house Bunny's Happy Madison, isn't it? Happy Madison, yep, yeah, and Sydney wow. White was just a random thing with Amanda Bynes, but it, oh, it, no, that actually I, has I know what Sydney White is. <laughs> it has it has a similar DNA um, mm-hmm. to the Sydney, house buddy that that does. Sydney White and her seven dorks. Boy. I love it. I loved it though. I kind of really, really liked fun. it. It's, it's I, I love that fun. wave. Of, what a girl wants. Like, uh-huh. All those Amanda all Bynes the Amanda Bynes movies are great. Mm-hmm. People just yeah. want to shit on them because they don't know how to have fun. Yeah, oh, exactly. Completely. Oh, absolutely. And Sydney White is actually not. And it's actually a secret, like, fuck um, fascist movie kind of a thing. <laughs> Just kind of cool, too. Yeah, go check I out think that. Sarah Paxton's the bad girl, right? She is. Yeah. 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 It's good. Uh, the one guy who was in I Love You, Beth Cooper, not the guy, but his friend is in it. <laughs> That's a well. deep cut. That's a deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrible fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Awful but yeah, book, I mean, awful movie. I was gonna say you covered your podcast, didn't you? I have. It was one of the films Ooh. where I was like, I don't know if I can get through this. It's so fucking bad. Also, Chris add Christopher Columbus. Columbus on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the least inspired director. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. He made Rent. Everybody remember that. Just and remember else, that. Home Alone, Harry Potter one and two. Like he, yeah. He makes movies that make a lot of money, yes. but they're not necessarily always good. No. Right. Ooh, Adventures of Babysitting. Ooh. <gasps> oh, yeah, again, great movie, but like yeah. still like. But yeah. like you don't remember the direction in any of those films. Absolutely not. You remember that duster. You remember mm-hmm. that duster and Anthony Rapp is there and Keith Coop mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Anyway, so we talked a little bit about just like I, I don't have much production history. You can pick up the DVD for six bucks on Amazon and listen to his commentary if you want, I guess, um, if you really want to. Um, I kind of want to know if he's an asshole or not just to hear his commentary. I, w- I want to see what he thinks about this movie. Right. <laughs> Back from like, can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine, though, if you're listening and he he plays it the same way that he writes this IMDb page where it's like, oh, <laughs> yes, we approach this with the utmost oh intent to make high odds. Can you imagine? Oh, my God, that would be kind of hilarious, actually. <laughs> but Yeah, no, I, I think there's that. I mean, that's, this is obviously shot in L.A. Um, this school um, that was used, they used two different high schools, if I'm not mistaken. One of them is the uh, 90210 school, I'm pretty mm. sure. Lovely. Doing the research and development right now. It's not the Buffy school. I know that much, but I know that the hell is the school because it's actually and apparently it's different now, though, too. That's fun. So, yeah, one of them was Torrance High School and the other one was El Segundo High School. So these are both this is school podcast now. It's fine. Though. <laughs> I do like I do like finding out, like, especially like high school set schools, like where else did they use these at? 
So anyway, but yeah, so for uh, Torrance High School, oh, it's the Buffy School. Okay, yeah, it is, it is the okay. it's the TV uh, school. It's the TV Buffy School, not the movie Buffy School. Right. Uh, it's also the 90210 school. It's the not another teen movie school. She's <laughs> on that school. So I'm I guess that watch guy that just movie. like stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Which one you had to watch? Oh, none of the teen movies. And we've mentioned it like three times in this recording. I'm just going to go watch that after this. <laughs> hey, listen, it's because funny. at least one guy was in it. I'm just saying. Uh, it's the cursed school, the whatever it takes school. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So that's at least one of the schools they shot at. And then the other one was the babysitter school, um, I guess, from the Netflix show, mm. uh, the movies. Oh, it's also the super bad school. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. Oh, it's the rock and roll high school school and also the teaching Miss Tingle school. So those are your <laughs> little fun facts is that two of the high schools that they used are just other high schools that aren't university high school. So I also love how on the IMDb trivia, there is like... <laughs> Somebody just went in there and just was like, they just decided to go off. And they were just saying, like, this person was considered for the role of Jessica. And it's just oh, like, literally, yes. like, every actress. Like, mm-hmm. It's very funny. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't believe that, probably. Although I will say with that guy who did uh, the director who did his own biography, he does say in his little like fun facts or whatever that he uh, noticed the talent of Major McAdams out of hundreds of audition tapes and he cast her in the hot chick so sure. i mean he must have done something right i guess that's mm-hmm. that's someone you want to keep on your casting team yeah sure there you go <laughs> also i'm sure he didn't actually have a casting agent who probably did the hard work yeah oh probably yeah i don't i don't know maybe maybe buena vista helped him a little bit i don't know but mm-hmm. i am surprised this wasn't a canadian thing but you know eh, not everything has to go to canada i guess but you know, sometimes we enough. venture south of the border <laughs> every so often it's it's nice to do so yeah but yeah, I mean, I guess if anything, so we talked a little bit about just like Happy Madison, you know, all that kind of stuff since they produced this movie. Uh, but I will give you a task to to do. So if you had to explain this movie to somebody who's never seen it before, uh, you could either do this together or separately. Uh, how would you describe this movie to somebody who's never watched it before? Oh, I could probably try this. So this is a body swap movie where Mm -hmm. Rachel McAdams plays Jessica. She is basically Regina George from Mean Girls. And Mm -hmm. then she steals a pair of magical Egyptian earrings and trades bodies with Rob Schneider's Clive, who is a petty thief. And then Mm -hmm. we spend, what is it, like the next week or so, basically trying to get her back into her body before the next full moon during which time it will become permanent and uh, also maybe have a lesbian relationship with Anna Ferris. Uh, maybe being the yeah. key word there. Uh, yeah. Like, again, if this movie was made 10 years later, they absolutely would have made it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a wonderful plot summary. I don't know if you top that trace. I mean, no, nope, I can't. So that's it. <laughs> Oops. Oh, well, so, <laughs> so, so too bad. So sad, but yeah, no, it, it, absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, don't have to go beat by beat by it or anything. Yeah. It's a body swap. These people swap bodies and uh, hilarity ensues pretty mm-hmm. much. <laughs> <laughs> happens. Uh, but yeah, I think if anything, like, I mean, we, we're not going to dig into every single character or whatever, but I guess if we want to talk a little bit about, I guess, what are your feelings on some of these characters? So if you start with like Jessica, how do you feel about Jessica as a character? I mean, Jessica's that? awesome. I, it's a thing where I, you see the talents of Rachel McAdams, like, from minute one and you kind of want her to be in the movie more often. So thank yes. God we have Anna Ferris to balance that out. But yeah, I, I, I think that Jessica's fantastic. And it's also like, she's a bitch. Like she's a bully, but 
it's like the interactions with her, her cross-dressing brother, who I think is, yes. I, I think that's mm-hmm. just a really sweet moment. That, like I, I didn't, I wouldn't have expected that from this cast of creators, I guess, in this type of movie. Right. Yeah. It, it's a tricky thing because I think this actually plays even better now than it would have been. I imagine that there'd be a lot of people laughing at this younger brother character, but the reality right. is, is that the interactions that Jessica has with him, as well as her father, prove to us over the course of the film that she actually is a good person. She's just putting on this bitch facade. And of course, That's what this movie is really about. It's a coming of age narrative where we learn that Jessica is not the cunt we thought she was. Actually, that's a question I have for both of you then. So do you think the intent with the little brother, are we in 2002, where is it like, oh, we're we're laughing laughing at this kid. But do you think that was the, okay, okay, okay. Because yeah, today, like watching it today and I, I, I'm like, oh, this is so funny. Like, look at this kid being his it's true self. It's progressive. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it plays progressive when it was meant to be a butt, the butt of a joke in 2002. <laughs> mm-hmm. It does. And I really do like, actually, um, now that you say that, I do like that, like, you see, because <laughs> I've definitely done that where, like, you know, if I was trying on, like, I have a story about that that I'll save for another time on another podcast because it's very specific to a specific type of movie. Anyway, I've definitely done that where I I grew up with women pretty much. And so, you know, I definitely have had an experience like that where someone caught me, you know, like (laughs) cross-dressing a little bit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but it, it was never a bad thing or anything like that, you know, but I do like, to your point, Trace, like I like that it's not seen as like a look how gay this kid is right it's more so just like no jessica actually cares about her little brother and like is nice to him uh even outside of her being just like a bitch to other people that she can have quote control over Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and all that yeah Yeah, like i think of the sibling relationship in a movie like bring it on which is the year before this and Mm -hmm. kirsten dunce and her younger brother who admittedly is older but it's yes. ironically enough the main guy from not another teen movie it is oh, and shit. like that that relationship is foul those it two is. teenagers absolutely fucking hate each other mm-hmm, whereas here and maybe it's just the age difference but you really get the sense that oh yeah like these two have each other's back the fact that mm-hmm. they just lie for each other to their parents throughout the entire film that's yep. what you want to see in a ya movie which i do consider this to be because it's usually teenagers versus adults Mm -hmm. i agree yeah i can see this as a ya movie i mean shit it got cut down to a pg-13 movie so really Mm -hmm. if you were 13 in 2020 uh 2002 you could go and see it so uh, yeah that's that makes sense in my book uh Yeah, no, totally. And I also just like how, again, this is a Happy Madison movie, so whether it's deep or not, you know, can be argued. But I do kind of like that there is a bit of an arc with Jessica, that she goes from being this kind of like mean girl bitch and whatever, to, you know, she is being nice to the people she normally wouldn't be nice to. And Mm -hmm. she's trying to figure out a way to get back into her body and all that kind of fun stuff. I didn't read all of it. um, And I don't know if I'm going to have time to really read over it, but if you want to look up uh, far from professional did a think piece, I just looked up the hot chick think piece. If I, there was one out there, (laughs) but (laughs) um, and there is uh, their title of it is the hot chick more like the woke chick. This was uh, written by whoever I guess owns far from professional uh, RJF is what it says on the, the article, but yeah, they talk about like, you know, 
is this movie more woke than we would have thought, I guess. And it could be a stretch to some folks. However, I do see that there are some points in there where I'm like, yeah, no, I, I could see the arc with Jessica at least, you know, and well, but yeah. I think that's going back to what Joe is saying, though. I think I think, again, like it wouldn't have seemed that way back then because these were all meant to be jokes and they are still jokes today. But we mm-hmm. view films or films like this much differently now than we did 20 years ago. Yeah, like I think you could make the argument that it's a bit trite that by the end of the film, Jessica has accrued this motley group of women. But, you know, even though none of them are characters outside of Anna Faris, we do have a fat girl. We have a black girl. Mm -hmm. We have biracial girl. Yeah, like there's say, just uh, there's a healthy <laughs> mix, which is the kind of thing where nowadays, if incel white supremacist dudes saw this movie, they would accuse it of being woke and <laughs> all that other jazz. Yeah, yeah, I could agree with that for sure. Rob Schneider went turncoat on us. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I know, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, he no, and again. progressive messages into his comedies. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <laughs> anyway but yeah uh so yeah moving on from jessica or or whatever you know it's cool again i think she has an interesting arc there what do you guys think about clive uh i didn't really realize that was his name but thank you for that joe Um, i mean literally i couldn't have told you if i didn't have the wikipedia page open because (laughs) as as amusing as i think rob schneider sometimes is in this movie sometimes i agree with you trace i think he's actually overplaying it and it does come off more as a gay caricature as opposed Mm -hmm. to a woman actually in this person's body i almost don't consider like him as a man in this movie as a character so like when i see rachel mcadams i see Mm -hmm. her performance as an actor but i don't think clive is an entity in this film because we don't learn anything about him He's just a thug who steals um, from gas stations and eats a lot of nacho cheese. Uh, Yeah, I I, I do think like, I don't know. I I really do. I mean, like it's faint praise to say this is Rob Schneider's best performance for me, because what do we have to choose from? I I do think he nails a lot of his line deliveries. A hundred percent agreed. He is playing a gay caricature. And I I, I had a similar complaint in Freaky with the Vince Vaughn role. Um, Mm -hmm. It bothers me less here because this is just a goofier movie. And it's meant to be a comedy. Yes. Well, I mean, so is Freaky, I would argue. But like there's a seriousness there that I I think takes away from that performance. Um, Agreed. But like even his facial, whenever April's trying to tell her like, you know, Jessica, like some people hate you. And he has this face. It's like, so you're saying people think I'm perfect? <laughs> like, yes. It's just like a lot of his deliveries <laughs> really do work. But even though yeah. I do agree with you, Joe, I don't think he's much of a character. It's just like, I, I'm honestly kind of seeing mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams as a gay man in that role. <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Because I think he does, for what it's supposed to be, I think he does a good job at being a gay caricature. I mean, if that's what he was going for, like, he does. Sure he does it. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Like, I completely believe it. But, you know, and sure. But like, you know, but yeah, I, I, he doesn't have much of an arc, which is kind of the point, obviously. But like, yeah. But I I do think, though, and I mean, look, we can we can discuss what this film would have been like had Anna Ferris not been cast in this role. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of his comedy is made better because he is playing off of Anna Ferris because her facial reactions to everything he does in this movie 
is a plus comedy yeah oh, it really is it's so good like yeah i mean everything i mean so yeah we have jessica and clive um, i'm trying to think of any other characters we can kind of talk about in particular i mean i personally as a, a larger person um i kind of loved um hindenburg like oh, hildenburg uh, I, hildenburg <laughs> I kind of loved her. She found herself a little boyfriend. That's kind of cute and wonderful. And again, it's feeding into, because of course this movie feeds into stereotypes, but it's feeding into the stereotype that a black man will be interested in like a bigger white woman and all this, you know, but again, I think it's laden with stereotypes because that was the 2000s for you. I mean, isn't she making ice cream sundaes in her chemistry class? She's making the strawberry. uh, Yeah, she has the ice cream already, but she makes the strawberry. (laughs) like whatever it's like she's making the syrup or the topping yeah yeah Yeah. because she's the smart girl but of course she's going to use it to make food because she's fat but um i like her a lot yeah and fat's not a dirty word on this show at all ever yeah Mm -hmm. you're fine (laughs) but anyway but yeah no i mean but like you have her again she's not much of a character but like yeah but you know i love alexandra holden but like lulu doesn't do much in the movie you know what i mean mm. like i can't say much about her well maritza uh, murray murray's uh ling ling uh gets much more to do than lulu she does. does um but unfortunately right. it's and admittedly i do think they're really funny um i i'm always really confused by the maori sisters though because they really do bully her about her mother's heritage and then all oh, of yes. a sudden they're like totally fine with it like i don't understand yeah. that at all right makes right. no sense at all i know it's yeah it's a weird one the the one joke that i realized which i probably never did because i haven't watched this movie in a minute but like when they're in the we'll talk about scenes that we could talk about too but like the scene in the beginning where they say oh you look so good like whatever whatever and then her mom comes into the classroom she's like oh you forgot your lunch and then she calls her ling ling so she probably never showed that she's that's her little name that her mom has for her and she's like they're like ling ling Somebody needs to answer the phone. And I'm just like, oh, I get it. Got it. Ring, okay. ring. <laughs> yeah. Again, Asian stereotypes. So it's it's like a thing of, um, I probably haven't seen this movie like legit since like the 2000s. I'm not kidding. So like literally like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, now I pick up on some of these things. But like you were saying, she is given, because she's given a whole arc of like, you know, listen, I'm not embarrassed by you. I'm not trying to be embarrassed by you. You're also a teenager dealing with your own kind of biracial identity, if anything. And Mm -hmm. and there is some sort of heart given to that. And then, of course, they have to throw on the fact that uh, the mom has now adopted, you know, the black culture in a way says the N word as well. Oh yeah, she does. She sure does. (laughs) And she also has, Oh God. And she also has, um, hydraulics on her car, which honestly is kind of, it's kind of see uh, i i find that joke very funny like i recognize really stupid offensive and stupid and then i still laugh at it and i feel like that's kind of the summation of this film for me is that where i know i shouldn't laugh and it is offensive to a lot of folks Mm -hmm. and then i laugh I'm glad we yeah. didn't rewatch this like let's say three or four years ago because I feel like I would have been more in a mindset given where like we were as a, as a culture like even mm-hmm. three or four years ago. I I feel like I would have been coming down on this movie harder. Whereas now I'm kind of like you know what I, I can be aware of its offensiveness and I can mm-hmm. still like the movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I 
Yeah. And again, to go back to what I was saying a little earlier, I'm just like, oh, God, why are we covering this movie? It's not even that. It's literally just that, like, yeah, this is a movie that has something to say in a way. I feel like it does. You know, they didn't just put it out because for funsies, they had wanted to say something, I guess. Uh, It's just that for some stuff, it works. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they wanted to make a body swap movie and they wanted to at least have something of like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? But, you know. Yeah, and there's some stuff that really works here, and then there's some stuff where you're like, "Oh dear lord!" Well, but here, you know, yeah. For both both of you, g- give me something, give me a scene, a joke, or whatever that does not work for you in this movie. Uh, the Asian person saying the n word at the end that does not work for me. I still just think it's weird and f- offensive. Hmm. I guess it's made worse because it's white men writing this movie too. <laughs> yes, that yeah. that just to me, I'm just like, ooh, that doesn't age well ever. I'd be interested to know what a black viewer thinks of that, actually. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Again. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Please write in. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Do you have anything like that, Joe? Like anything where you're just like, oh, that does not work. (laughs) Where you're just like, Um, I I don't know if I can give a pass on it. I don't know. Nothing where I look at it and I say like, holy fuck, that is so offensive. It's more. There are certain things in here, and I I have this issue with comedies a lot of the time. Like right. I'm very very candid about the fact that a lot of American comedies don't work particularly well for me. I like dry mm-hmm. kind of British humor more often than not. Mm-hmm. So, but I I can see a lot of the funny in a very slapstick, very stupid, very like low mm-hmm. bar humor, which is why I like these kinds of films. At the end of the day. Sure. It's more that I look at it and I can see scenes where they serve no function except to be a punchline. So like Mm. the moment where we go to the club to confront Bianca and then we have a dance off and I'm like, this is stupid. Maybe some of it is funny, but ultimately it's also very pointless. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also not that funny either. I mean, I guess we we have some, we have some funny stuff with like the clothes coming off, whatever. Um, I guess for me, even, and this isn't even like an offensive joke, but it's like of the time. So like whenever Bianca gets, it gets, uh, tackled by the security guards and you have like the 80 yard line let's go Winona mm-hmm. the joke itself <laughs> isn't funny to me but the fact that it's 80 yard in there that makes it funny for me <laughs> the other one like that we were really... waiting to find a celebrity yeah. that we could name drop and it was like oh I guess uh, <laughs> in between when the film got made and when it gets released or we're finishing the sound it's like yeah, yeah okay this happened let's get that in there I also we're, think we're... like yeah I was no, gonna go say ahead, go ahead. oh I was gonna say um <laughs> The one that got me on that was uh, her friend, because uh, Rachel McAdams asked her, like, oh, Bianca, you're looking so thin nowadays. Are you just eating less or barfing more? And then her barfing friend just answers Ashley more. Simpson. Yeah. Ashley Simpson. Yeah. Ashley Simpson. <laughs> At least she was able to say that. That's really nice. She didn't have to lip sync it. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's fine. Anyway, continue what you were saying, Trace. Uh, no, actually, it's funny. That, that was the one I was going to bring up. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're <laughs> making fun of eating disorders in this movie, which is not something that would fly today. Right. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, gosh. Anyway, yeah. But, I mean, to say all that, too, like, are there any particular scenes that you guys just really enjoy and love in this movie, too? Like, that you're just like, oh. I mean, the, okay, I, I, like things that jump out at me. I love the the rhyme they do. The boys are cheats and liars. They're such yes. a big disgrace. Um, I love the pillow fight scene 
Yes. Um, See, that kind of over-the-top physical comedy works mm-hmm. so fair. well for me because we we get hints of how strong she is and she doesn't realize it because she's mm-hmm. all my own. But those kinds of things where you're like, this doesn't even make any kind of logical sense. But yeah, also, right. we're so obviously doing it with wire foo. Mm-hmm. It's just like there's a multiple check marks going off in that scene. Well, like the, 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 there's the face of Lulu whenever she gets it in the stomach and she's like, Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, so, 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 so with the physical comedy then like what about when um, Rob Schneider like is confessing to April and she falls down all the bleachers and I feel like it goes on for like 30 seconds mm-hmm. oh it's so good that yeah, is like good for me I, I like it I'm not gonna lie I do like that especially uh, when there's a pause and then you keep going because you're well, like she, oh I think it's over and then it doesn't it keeps going she slips <laughs> yeah she slips he or she slips on the snowball and just keeps falling <laughs> Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I and I love the gag about I love snowballs. That's my favorite hostess treat. And so to have them slandered so viciously <laughs> in this movie is really upsetting. Um, <laughs> I actually all the stuff with Rob Schneider and the parents is really good. Yeah, I think so. Too. I mean, again, it's offensive because we're just making fun of Mexican helpers and that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. My husband's Mexican. He said it was fine. It gets a pass. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Ari is our uh, voice on all things uh, diversity. Yeah, he, he speaks for all Latin Americans. There we go. Just, yes. just saying. Just putting <laughs> it out there. Do you think it's odd that Jessica's mom latches on to Rob Schneider's character when it looks like he's going down on her husband and that's what excites her? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's such a weird... I'm like, oh, I guess now you see him as a sexual entity, but you're like, well, if he's giving my husband head, or so I think, then I should definitely try to make a move over this dinner table. It's, you know it, what? There you go. It's, yeah, it, it doesn't make any kind of logical sense, but yeah, you know. Comes to the movie. Is she is she like a reverse like female cuck kind of a thing? I don't know. <laughs> huh, yeah. Oh, Maybe. again, like this feels like a very airplane gag. It's like it's not even like a big one, but like whenever uh Rachel McAdams is sneaking out of the house and the dad's reading the Playboy centerfold and the mom's reading like Germs Weekly and she has a centerfold. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I also do appreciate um just some of the like when obviously uh Jessica turns into a man and like Every time she has to introduce herself of like, hey, this is what's happening. Every woman just wants to see her uh, their penis pretty much. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's fair. That uh, That's true to reality. Uh, the whole running gag with April's mom. Everything from yes. the soap to her here. We, we, mm-hmm. I found Jessica's body. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was also fun. Yeah, there are some things like now that I think about it. I mean, I mean, there are some stuff. There is some stuff in here that does work quite a bit. And I'm just like, wow. You know what? This is dumb comedy, but you know what? I'm not mad at that. Though. I I, I, <laughs> I will cool say that. the pacing. And again, I mean, this isn't like a super long movie, but the pacing always it slows down for me whenever we're doing stuff with the boys. So when it's like mm-hmm. Matthew Lawrence and Eric Christian Olsen, I do like the scene in the locker room where Rob Schneider keeps like calling Eric Christian Olsen names like asshole. Sure. someone should. But it's like I'm like, no, this is not interesting because the girls are where the funny is at in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Eric Christian Olsen just says how gay that Matthew Lawrence is. Constantly. Like, okay, that's great. Yeah. That's what we did like, in 2002. Can. Yeah. And again, I'm not I'm not the police on using the F word or whatever. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it in my real life, whatever. But again, I at least appreciate they didn't go that route. So I was at least happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's no F for F slur in here. Great. I think Love that's that. kind of my thing is again, like I was, I knew this is going to be an offensive movie walking into it. Cause I've obviously seen this before, but it was 
it was far less homophobic than I was expecting it to be, which again, mm-hmm. maybe faint praise, but, right. but I didn't walk out of this be- feeling attacked. <laughs> no, yeah, and it's that's gently the there in the same way that we're making fun of literally everyone Everything. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fair. That's totally fair. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Those are some scenes that I, uh, and I think we already asked the question of like, what are some scenes that don't work? Um, did you answer that question, Trace? Like, did you have something where you're like, wow, this really didn't work? No, I, I, again, I, this is a four star movie for me, y'all. Sorry. Uh, but I, again, <laughs> it, 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 there's no scene where I'm like, no, nothing in this scene is working. But again, mm-hmm. like every time we cut over to the boyfriends, I'm just kind of like, uh, like, let's go back to the girls, please. Uh, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And like I said, a lot of that stuff is just like, there's no gay, there's not super gay panic in this movie, but like at the same time, you're just like, oh, shut up, Eric Christian Olsen. Well, I don't remember your name. That's, I guess that's the thing, right? <laughs> because we, Billy does find out that, uh, that Jessica's in this man's body and there's a scene mm-hmm. where they try to kiss and he just mm-hmm. cannot do it because he is so repulsed sure. at the yeah. thought of kissing a man. Yeah. Yeah. Which if we're comparing and contrasting something like Freaky, I think that mm-hmm. was one of those scenes in that movie that people really appreciated yeah. is that it wasn't a, oh, this is disgusting. It's a, oh, I'm in love with the person who's in the body, not the body itself. And I think that's mm-hmm. just the level of progressiveness that we managed to achieve in, you know, the 15 plus years in between these two films. Yeah. So, and I'm definitely not excusing that in this film, but I'm definitely like, a well, it was 2002. Yeah, that's fair. like the fact that we even tried it apart from the fact to get a gay panic response. Like that's basically what Lawrence's whole role in this movie is. Absolutely. I mean, he straight up vomits <laughs> he does. at, the, at yeah. the pep rally whenever the mask comes off. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just there is that perfect kind of like there is some good like slapstick in here, too, which I do do appreciate mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah, like the fact that Jessica is obviously the captain of the cheerleading team, so she would be at the top of the pyramid, but also she's in Rob Schneider's body. So the image of all of these teenage girls having to hold up a grown man mm-hmm. is just right. like, this is stupid. <laughs> and I'm laughing. Oh, and I yeah, love that exactly. they put Hildenberg in the cheerleading like uh, formation mm-hmm. now. The bees are coming. The bees are coming. The bees are coming. Yeah, she shows that slit. Mm, yeah. I, know. I love it. It's great. You know, she's <laughs> her new boyfriend is just like, yeah, you go, baby. I was like, good for her. Love that. We love Hindenburg. We love it. Hildenberg. I keep calling her Hindenburg. The whole point of it feels that's like that the other is thing. the joke, though. It is the joke. It's the but joke of that she's up there. Yeah, they it probably call like her a that weird, mean spirited missed opportunity. I think so too. You're right. Uh, yeah, no, totally. For sure. Yeah, I think there's that. We did talk a little bit about just like how queer do we feel like this movie is? Um, so I guess, I guess if anything, like, do you feel like there is this sort of queer reading in the movie or like any sort of trans reading in the movie? I think we talked a little bit offline about that, but I would like to just see if you had any kind of like thoughts on like, does this have a trans reading? Does this have a queer reading? I mean, I, th- I, th- I think you could argue that any movie has a trans reading as long as you're backing it up with stuff. But I think this one is more explicit. <laughs> like, yes, there's clearly a trans reading in this movie. Now, were the filmmakers trying to make any kind of bold statements with this? I don't think so in any shape, way, mm. or form. But I think, you know, if, if you're a, a trans youth watches this movie and they get something positive out of it, then yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I get more of a bisexual or a lesbian reading out of this because okay. of the way that Anna Ferris reacts to Rob Schneider slash Jessica. Mm-hmm. Like that oh, yeah. to me is the more interesting story because she does seem to legitimately be interested in 
Jessica in this man's body whose yep. penis she continually wants to see. So <laughs> if there is like a, a blurring of a trans slash bisexual awakening in those yeah. moments, I think that's mm-hmm. more interesting because like Clive doesn't seem to have learned anything from his time within Jessica's body, except for the fact that he can make money doing sex work. Yeah. And right. Jessica doesn't seem to have learned <laughs> anything about being in a man's body, except that she really wants to fuck her boyfriend. Well, no, she, she learned that she sure. was a bitch and it's mean yes. when people are nice to you because you're not conventionally attractive. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That that seems less gendered to me and more like a personality piece. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And there has to be some kind of lesson you'd learn from a body swap movie generally as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 well, that's the thing, right? Freaky Friday is like, no, you have to like learn a lesson before you can switch back. This one is yes. just like, no, just bring the earrings back. These these art of genuine artifact earrings that made mm-hmm. their way to a local shop in an outlet mall. Yes. Yeah. A specifically African shop as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, okay. you know, these girls wouldn't be walking into this shop. No. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> but she was just, she was just intrigued. Jessica was just intrigued. She was just like, huh, I'm going to go in there. Oh, I, 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 I I, a gag that I do like though is when Adam Taylor is playing those drums and you think it's diagetic music, but then it's yes. uh, sorry, you think it's oh, non-diagetic yes. and then it becomes diagetic. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, Angie Stone, shout out to her. She plays the uh, rece- uh the cashier in there. And it's mm-hmm. really good. Oh, because she, she plays drums. the cat lady in Mr. Deeds. She does. Oh, there we go. So she has yeah. ties to the Happy Gilmore family. Mr. She Deeds. Does. Mr. Deeds is one of the better Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course. How many how many shoplifting jokes are we making in that film? Uh, actually, I don't think we make very many. Um, also, I'm totally wrong. She's not in uh, Mr. Deeds, but there is another woman in Mr. Deeds. It's really funny. <laughs> wow, wow, so you're just being racist choice. because there's a uh, black woman in that one? Basically, yes. That's exa- yeah. you, you got my number. You got go. my number. <laughs> oh, lordy lord. No, she's been in other things too, but yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah. Trace, Trace, you confused your black characters. Ah! <laughs> oh, no. I am also the same person who really did think Jodie Long and Rosalind Chow were like the same person for like a minute when I was like 10. Oh, so, see, we're know. full of racists here, Joe. What, what, what's Ari. your racist thing? Ugh. Yeah. God. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> Dear God. Anyway, My racist yeah. thing is just that I think everyone is Canadian. Does that work? No, that's no. nationalist. God I, damn it. I honestly, though, I will say that, I mean, anything Canada, I tend to just want to bring to Joe's attention. I did specifically tell him, I I just confronted him about that, where I watched a literal documentary about Mr. Dress Up on Amazon. And I was like, "Uh, so why did this documentary almost pretty much make me cry? And like, you need to explain yourself. Not because, dress up. <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not, um, not because, you know, he, you have, a, it's really just because you were Canadian. I was like, why, why, why did this almost do that? <laughs> you know? oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're just like, at least my authority on everything Canadian. So, I mean, you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what we could do to wrap up or whatever. You know, I think if anything, like, I think the cult status of this movie too, because again, my show is about cult movies generally, although I kind <laughs> of stray a little bit depending sure but yeah but 
I do think this does have a bit of a cult following in a way. I think just being a part of the Happy Gilmore like uh, mm-hmm. oeuvre, if you will, kind of lends itself to that. Same way as like how the House Bunny, I think, has a cult following. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, something like um, like the Wedding Singer, I think, has one as well. Uh, things like that, you know. I mean, so there is that for sure. I think if anything, like like you were saying earlier, Trace, like I think this movie probably did do well on like home video sales slash on demand, things like that, that people could access it. I mean, um, it, it may very well too be like our like general age group. Like I actually would be very that. curious to know mm-hmm. if, if the younger, like if Gen Z has like discovered this movie and if so, what they think of it. But like, I mean, again, I remember right. this being not like the biggest thing in the world, but like I had like a lot of people talking about this. Uh, like this would have come out the Christmas of my age eighth grade year so yeah i wasn't right. even in high school yet and like i mean you know middle school boys like of course you want to go see the new rob's rob, rob zombie rob schneider movie <laughs> <laughs> the hot oh chick by rob zombie yes well, let's get that movie into production immediately <laughs> no i don't want to keep seeing naked sherry moon zombie i can't do it oh my god you know that she would be playing the jessica role right oh absolutely and she would have no clothes on the whole movie joe the whole movie. <laughs> i'm fine with that let, let, let Sherry Moon Zombie play Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it's Richard Brake in the Rob Schneider role. Right. Oh, God. Well, that's going to be a whole different kind of movie, though. That's a whole thing. You know, I think this. Yeah, this movie does have that cult following, though, because, again, there also are people who could read into it of like, what the hell was this movie that was like kind of released by Disney a little bit? But um, yeah, I mean, but there are, I think, some people who do have like this affinity for it and they enjoy it it's one of those body swap movies that i think if anything does a better job than some other ones did um i put it above it's a boy girl thing because at least they oh, don't good at the end. <laughs> because that's what happens in it's a boy girl thing is that they fall in love in the end and i'm just like i don't oh, feel like that was no. the point have, i don't feel like that was we... the point have we moved out of the era of calling things guilty pleasures? Because I feel like this is something that someone yeah. would call a guilty pleasure, but I feel like we don't say that anymore. I yeah, feel like we learn to embrace the idea that if you like something, you can just say you like it and you don't have to apologize for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that too. And again, that's kind of, that is part of what a cult movie is to me at absolutely. least. And you know, you can have that. And again, like, yeah, sure like you know and i've covered all sorts of movies that kind of fit into that and and whatever you guys do it sometimes too so i mean it's something to say of like yeah, that's why this has that yeah i think overall this movie does work it's a three-star movie for me i think there are some really heavy hitting good things in it but then there's some stuff there you're like mm, oh god but overall i wouldn't not rewatch it like you know i would still rewatch slap it. it on the poster <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wouldn't not rewatch it like it's fine <laughs> uh yeah no i i i love this movie. i think this movie is so funny like it is it's just a blast to watch uh and again i'm sure like me growing up with it like this being one of the comments i did watch a lot in my middle school and high school years is playing a factor in that but um mm-hmm. i think i just most pleasantly surprised that I, I didn't walk away from this being like oh god like yeah, how could i have liked this thinking? when i was younger <laughs> right right I I mean, I do think it also it has a good hit miss ratio in terms Mm -hmm. of not just the jokes that work versus like Mm -hmm. the jokes that don't work because they're too offensive or they just haven't aged well. But like there is wordplay in here. There's physical comedy. There's like a surprisingly progressive message. So I do think if people hadn't watched this film and they were discovering it for the first time now, 
yeah, some of this is going to absolutely not fly if you're at all like woke, progressive, liberal, whatever mm-hmm, have you. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot more here than people would typically give credit. Like if you like comedies with heart, I do think that this falls in line with some of the other ones that we've mentioned throughout this episode. Like mm-hmm. there's good things to be found here. And it's not just like, oh, fuck, it's that Rob Schneider body well, swap movie. That's the thing is sure. like, if you read reviews, that again, like critics hate it. They pan the fuck out of this. And it's so you, ridiculous. But it's, I've like, they're, they're calling this like lazy. And I'm like, I actually, like, this movie's a lot of things. I actually don't think it's lazy. I, I mean, we mentioned the mm-hmm. wire foo and the pillow. Like, we to do that. Like, I do think there's a genuine effort on screen here. I agree. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about the Rob Zombie version that we made up, but if this was to get made today, which again, it probably wouldn't, but who would you want to play Jessica and Clive? Honestly, oh God. Mm. see, I'm so out of touch that it would probably be like some current Disney girl. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know who that is. Oh, true. True. You have anything to say, um, Trace? I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm literally googling like what? Who are popular older male actors? God. <laughs> but I guess in that guy, who who's like a big comedian nowadays? Who does these kind of comedy movies now? Comedy oh, movies. God. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, I don't know. Ooh. I mean, I, I think it would guess- be funny to do it with like an actually gay male. So maybe do like mm. one of the guys from Fire Island that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually or, not opposed to oh, that. Okay, maybe y'all are gonna hate me for this, but what about Billy Eichner? Yeah, I, I think like, he has like that grading factor that some people find in Rob Schneider. Sure, Bowen Yang. I would watch that absolutely. I would. I would probably watch that honestly. I'm not the hugest Billy Eichner person, but I no, could, no, no, I no see most the people are not. <laughs> nah, I see the vision. <laughs> I, I like him. Like Difficult People is like one of those like top ten like comedies of all time for me. Yeah, yeah. I could do Bowen Yang. But for the oh, yeah. girl, that, that, that's where we're we're all aged out of that. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, who's the Rachel McAdams of today? Like, you know, oh god. This well, I mean, t- we could check for um, Renee Rapp because she's got that Regina George role in the Mean Girls musical coming out. Oh, god, <laughs> yeah, but she, even she's too old for that. Yeah, yeah, she definitely <laughs> is. I, I'm, I'm. It, it's really funny, right? It's very much a Dear Evan Hansen situation, but I guess because it's not a serious movie, like if we get mm-hmm. away with it right yeah and that's coming out soon you're hearing this in december so you know that will be coming to theaters at some point soon which is cool mm-hmm. oh yeah. actually you know what the the male lead it could be uh that guy from dear evan hansen he'd be great ben platt <laughs> yeah can you imagine <laughs> oh my god he's so oh, old what else has he got going on Not what about well. his um what about that little gay boy that was in that um oh the book smart guy that one little gay boy in that Noah Galvin. Wow. Why did I not mm. know his name? Yeah. Oh, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's he dating again? He's uh, dating ben, some other. Man. He's dating Ben Platt. I think they're married oh, now, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, then. actually, that would be the other thing we would do. We would, we would actually <laughs> have to have like one of the leads would have to be a racialized figure. And I think we would probably flip it to make it more interesting. So have like a teenage boy go into an adult woman's body. That's fair. Oh, I would. You'd you'd have to have a female creators on that one. Yes. Yeah. Um, Keep the minimum, like keep the whole like, I've got boobs. I've got a vagina. Let me insert things into them and like keep that out. Also, good luck with Noah Galvin. He's currently has a main role on The Good Doctor. 
Oh God. Okay. Okay. Good for him. Good for him and Freddie Highmore, I guess. Good yeah. Get that money, girl. Get that money. Get that money. I like oh, gays actually, doing good. Actually, the funny you always talk about like gay gay sass, like gay incest. Um, mm-hmm. Noah Galvin also played Dear Evan Han- Evan Hansen on Broadway when yeah. Ben Platt left. Ooh. Do you think that they role play the role in the bedroom? Like how, I, how do you play Evan? I think about it a lot. You can also find, um, I mean, I'm not like revenge porning stuff, but you can totally find his dick pictures online because they have been leaked. Of course you can. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Noah <has>. Galvin's? <laughs> yeah, Noah Galvin. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good, good. That's also like you can find Dustin Lance Black's complete. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's a good penis, by the way. I don't. It yeah, is a good it penis. That's correct. I just like it's always the thing where it's like if you're a select. I mean, like, Noah Galvin's picks, I think, are from like Grinder or Scruff or something. And I'm always like, uh-huh. how would you be like a famous? You person could not. You those? could not. Well, I mean, you can. You just your dick's gonna get shown yeah. to everyone on the internet. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. also, if, if that. Uh, sorry, we are detouring so fucking far off the now. But fine. Part of me is like, okay, so why haven't I seen Matt Bomer's dick? Like, why haven't I, know, I seen Zachary right? Quinto's dick? Like, all the people I actually want to see their penises, where are those because, Um, Yeah, I don't... Uh, well, I mean, Matt Bomer's been married since 2011, so that's probably why. Yeah. You can find that nice Cheyenne Jackson one where he's jerking Ooh. off. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. That's a but fun clearly, one. Clearly, I need my boyfriend. That's true. That's what he Dust, says. Dustin Lance, <laughs> Dustin Lance Black. He has his nudes out there. He takes dick really well too. It was very nice. Um, it's a whole dick. thing, y'all. <laughs> just saying. Like, I want a Daniel Franzese's like little uh, nude slip. I'm just saying. Like, I'd be down for that. But you know, <laughs> yeah, you gotta think he's out there whoring it up. Come on. Sure. Exactly. He's like the mayor of like West Hollywood. So I mean, come on, Daniel. Like, you know. <laughs> Do you think him and Jonathan Bennett ever fucked on the side of Mean Girls, though? No, I don't think so, personally. Um, I also feel really bad for Jonathan Bennett, because you know that uh, when his husband was on The Real Friends of West Hollywood or whatever. a terrible show. Yeah. You know know that he was like, you better not have me on the show. You better not. And then I think he was kind of on it a little bit, but he was like, no, I'm just, it's just because we're married. But like, I'm not taking part in the shenanigans. Like, I can't do it. Like, (laughs) you know, they had that, you know, they had that bitchy conversation. You know, they did. Mm. Like, I actually make Hallmark movies, so I'm still somewhat respectable. You, on the other hand, you are uh, Melissa Rivers. You have no talent. (laughs) Anyway, we're just chit-chatting at this point. But yeah, the hot chick. There you go. (laughs) Good movie, funny movie. Seek it out. (laughs) Yes, please. Yes, yes, yes. And also, you know what you came here for, okay? Listen, I just want to thank uh, Trace and Joe. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show today. Uh, Otherwise, we would just be on here, like, talking about gay things for hours. (laughs) But but I I do appreciate you guys coming on. It makes more sense now of why you all chose this. And I'm glad that it was chosen. Because, again... Like, this is a movie that I both like and sometimes not like all the time, but Mm -hmm. I'm glad that this conversation was had. I think this is a fun film. Seek it out. You know, it's Disney, so it's a gigantic corporation. But you know what? Listen, 
I don't know. Like, if you want to pirate it, go ahead. Like, you know, I don't mind with that with Disney stuff. <laughs> no, Rob Schneider needs your money. Rob Schneider does need your money. <laughs> does he, though? He's a terrible does. person. <laughs> but as you normally would do, you know, plug your shit. Where can people find you, listen to you, all that good stuff? All right. So new episodes of Horror Queers comes out every Wednesday. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com mm-hmm. slash horrorqueers. And I personally can be reached at Beast on my remote. And that's the letter B. And I can be reached yep. at Trace D as in dog Thurman everywhere. <laughs> or D <laughs> as in much. Dick. Or D well, as in Dick. True. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go follow them. Go follow them on the socials. They're fun to, uh, I follow both of you and you all are super fun to follow. Um, and then also, yeah, check out the horror queers. Uh, I'm on an episode of where we covered all about evil. Mm-hmm. I will probably be back on the show at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a fun, fun time. You know, they've, literally been doing this for like five years now i think just about Mm -hmm. so you know y'all are uh cutting construction paper and tying your shoes which i really appreciate and love Um, yeah we can't drink like this movie but we'll get there (laughs) no you'll you'll get there at some point but i just want to thank you all so much for coming on and i hope you have a good rest of your evening and thank you so much and uh also because you're hearing this in december hope you guys have a nice happy holiday of course same to you. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so via email at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com. In case you want to give any movie or episode recommendations, give feedback on the show, or if you'd like to just say, hey, I'm open to all of it. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can do so on Instagram and Instagram threads at Cult Cinema Circle. I tend to post what I'll be covering for the next week on there, post stories, things like that. On X, I'm at Cult Cine Circle. On there, I don't really post a whole lot, but if you want to follow the show, it's there for you to follow. And then on Letterboxd, I'm at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. On there, I log little movie reviews, I'll log what I'm watching, and then it's also a nice way to kind of see what I might be covering on the show in the future. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty much on all of them. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review about the show uh, so we can grow the audience and then just spread the love all around. Be sure to tune in next week to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast, where I'll be covering 2018's Santa Jaws. Trying to survive his family Christmas, Cody makes a wish to be alone, which ends up backfiring when a shark manifests and kills his entire family. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, you should get more than twice. You're playing with it. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.